So a few weeks ago, I embarked on a colossal home improvement project. I did not realize how colossal it was upon initial embarkment. Uh, We wanted to take a wall down and move some cabinets and countertops from one wall to another. And as we kind of got into it, we began to realize that this was the worst wall we could have chosen in the entire house to do. Uh, It's weight-bearing, which means it's not just there to divide rooms. It's there to carry the weight of the second story. And so I'm like, wow, okay, now we're going to need to bring a a steel beam in here. That's going to be heavy and and probably a bit expensive. And so that was one of the things we found. We found some electric running through there. We kind of thought that'd be there. But we found all kinds of plumbing. Yay, plumbing. We have uh, waste lines in there. We have hot and cold lines in there. We have venting for the AC units in this wall. So literally everything this wall could have had outside a dead body was in this wall. It was unbelievable. And so this is the moment you kind of look up at heaven and go, Jesus, you still love me, right? Like, like seriously, like this is the wall I wanted to move. You knew I wanted to move it. Like what's going on here? And so over the next few weeks, my dad and I and my buddy Don have been working on this wall and moving everything. And some interesting things have happened. Um, the coldest day we had before today, I decided to take the windows out. We had to take some windows out and frame them in. And so I took the windows out. The heat's escaping my house, and all the cold air is heading in. And so I get the first window out. I'm up on a ladder working on getting the second one out. And I step down off the ladder, and I step onto a nail. Yes, yes, it was wonderful. I look down at my foot, and there's a, a nail with wood sticking out of my shoe. And so I grab it, and I throw it, and I'm yelling, and I'm all upset and angry. And I literally, I'm outside, I'm freezing. I know I have to keep going because my, my, my family is going to freeze if I don't get these windows back, all covered back up. And so I look up at the heavens, I promise you, and I say, God, I did not need this right now. You've, you've made those comments, I'm sure, right? Those times where you're just so frustrated and so annoyed. And so that kind of happened. I was a little frustrated at that. Um, over the next few weeks, some, some more things kept kind of going wrong. Like the plumber was supposed to come move all that plumbing in the wall. And uh, Jesus decided to drop 28 inches of snow on us the day he was supposed to come. And so that didn't happen. And so now I'm frustrated because now everything's kind of delayed a little bit. And then as I'm going through the project, um, the plumber finally comes. And I'm working on some electrical while he's working on the plumbing. And I reached out to mess with one of the sockets. And I, and I forgot that I hadn't turned the breaker off yet. And so I lit my life up for Jesus a little bit more in that moment, uh, shining a little brightlier today. If I had hair, it would have been less, but you know how that is. And so um, that was fun. And then the same day, I, after getting over the shock, I, I, I went over to move a ladder that the plumber had brought. And I didn't realize that two of his wrenches were still on top of the ladder. So I moved the ladder and they come down and crack me in my baldness. And uh, that was fun. And so that continued. And then I just had this pain in my body, unrelated, surprisingly, to the nail, the electrocution, or the wrenches hitting me in the head. And I started making some doctor's appointments. And so at the doctor, find, find out that there's a very good chance that right now I currently have some kidney stones going on as well. So it's been a really fun couple of weeks. I'm very, very excited about life right now. But after finding out about the kidney stones on top of everything else, it's just been one of those seasons where you kind of just look to heaven. You go like, God, you do still love me, right? Like, I haven't been separated from your love. I haven't been cut off from your love. Like, things are okay between us. Are you trying to get my attention here? Is there something I'm missing? Do you still love me? And I'm sure that you've been tempted to ask that question as well, haven't you? Different times you go through things, and it's just like, God, do you still love me? Because if you still love me, then why am I going through this? Why is there this pain and suffering? Why are wrenches hitting me in the head? What is going on here? I'm sure you've asked those questions. There's, there's many different things things and seasons of life that make us ask those questions. Some of them, it's just trouble. And just go through some stressful times. You go through some seasons where you just don't know like what's up and what's down and you're just confused and you're going, God, 
Do you still love me? Has something gotten between me and you? Sometimes it's not, not having the resources that we need. You know, maybe you, you're losing a job, or maybe you can't find a job, or maybe you're struggling to literally put food on the table, or you're just not quite where you used to be. Maybe you have food on the table and things are okay, but things were better once, and you're kind of looking back and, and lamenting those days and wondering, man, did I, did I do something to get God upset with me? Is this why these bad things are happening in my life right now? Uh, death can make us ask these questions. When we lose somebody, go, oh God, how could you have let this happen? When we're separated from a person, sometimes it feels like we're separated from God's love as well. Sometimes when we're facing our own mortality, we can wrestle with these questions. We maybe face a, a scary doctor's report or something that we're just a little bit worried about in our health and makes, makes us ask these questions. Um, sometimes persecution can make us ask these questions. And in America, as we talk about a lot, persecution right now just means that maybe we get made fun of or maybe some relationships suffer a little bit because of our relationship with God. But sometimes when we go through hardship like that, we ask that question, God, do you love me? Why are you allowing this to happen? My friend John asked me a few weeks ago, he said, what's your greatest fear? And I said, well, obviously Dr. Pepper going out of business, but a a close second to that would be something happening to my wife or kids. Like, that's my greatest fear. But as he, you know, we continued to talk, I thought, you know, probably my, my greatest spiritual fear would be that in the face of persecution, I wouldn't have what it takes to stand strong. You know, I'd be fearful, or I, I wouldn't speak up when I should speak up. And sometimes I, I think we, uh, we worry about that, but another side of this struggle with persecution is, is if God allows it, then, then does he love us? I, I have a friend who was a follower of Jesus for several years of his life, and kind of this idea of suffering and persecution made him actually walk away from God. Be like, I don't understand if God's good and loving, then how he can let people suffer. Like that. And so sometimes persecution makes us ask those questions. Some of us may fear that, that somehow the devil's going to win. Somehow the devil's going to separate us from God once and for all. The devil's going to finally convince God that we just aren't worth it, or he's going to convince us that God believes we're just not worth it. And so sometimes we have those thoughts running through our head. Some of us fear a person is going to separate us from God. You ever have that person in your life? It's like whenever I hang out with them, I just do things I don't want to do. I do things that I tell myself I won't do. And that person, man, if there's anybody in my life that could get between me and God, it would be that person. They always seem to bring me down roads that I don't want to go down. Now listen to me very clearly. Some of us think that we are the person that's going to separate us from God. Some of us thought about an outside person. You thought, man, my friend, my roommate, my, my boss, that person, I, they always... De- bring me down those bad roads, but some of us are convinced that if anyone in all existence is going to come between us and God, it's us. It's our own choices. It's our own decisions. It's our own mistakes. We are the most likely person to separate us from God's love. And maybe that's how you walked in here this morning feeling. Some of us fear things in the future will separate us from God's love. Some of us are those people, we just lay awake at night or we wake up early in the morning and we think about all the things that we fear might happen. We think about all the things that we wonder if this will happen and if that will happen and if so, does that mean God doesn't love me or will I disqualify myself somehow? Some of us look at our current situations and you're like, man, this is my life. I had a guy come up to me after the the 9.30 service and say, this is exactly what I did this morning. I was literally asking myself, God, how could you let this happen in my life? Some of us are there right now. It's our current situation. It's the present thing we're going through that feels like we're separated or cut off from God's love. And some of us, it's about our past situations. It's about our past decisions. It's about things that we did 
a year ago or six months ago or 20 years ago, and we still beat ourselves up about it. I'm 37 for six more days. I'm very excited about those six days. I got this. My wife, uh, next Saturday, is going to get up and rejoice because then we'll be the same age and I can't make fun of her anymore. But these six days are great. But 37 years old, and I've known about Jesus all my life. Now I've been a pastor a long time, and I went to Bible school, and I know all the truths out there. But I can tell you this, that 37 years, almost every day of my life, I think about things that I've done in the past, and out loud I call myself an idiot, a loser, or a jerk. I'm 37, and I still struggle with this. I still wrestle with the love of God and the acceptance of God because of stupid decisions that I've made in my past. And I would guess that you can relate. I would guess there are some things that you think about and some names you call yourself when you think about your past. And maybe, just maybe, you and I let those things separate us from God's love. And so today, I just want us to answer this question. Are we really separated from God's love? Are we really cut off from God's love? Now, I know theologically many of us know the answer to this. But experientially, do we know the answer to this? Do we live in the truth of this every single day? I have a good friend who's a pastor of a pretty good-sized church and a smart guy, knows his stuff, been to seminary, has his master's of divinity, um, studied Greek and Hebrew. And yet I remember years ago him just opening up to me and saying, you know, sometimes I just struggle to know whether God really loves me or not. Like, seriously, dude, you're like this big-shot pastor and you know all this stuff. How can you wrestle with that? He wrestles with it because we all wrestle with it sometimes. And so today, we're going to look at this question and answer it and walk out of here confident, I hope. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you might struggle with this as well. And you might say, well, for me, this is a theological thing because I don't know if God even exists or if he does, if he loves me or if he's good. But you'd probably also say, yeah, man, I experienced this too. This is an experiential thing for me. I struggle with this day to day if God actually loves me or not. And so I hope today you'll find an answer as well. And so... We're going to keep looking here and and wrap up Romans 8. I think this is the best chapter ever. And uh, Romans 8, 35 to 39 are the verses we're going to look at here today. And I hope you've been memorizing it with us. I just encourage you, if you haven't been memorizing it or if you're struggling, you're not up to date with us, it's okay. You have until Jesus comes back to get this in your head and your heart. And it's worth it even if it takes you that long. And so don't be discouraged. Be encouraged. Get this thing out. Get it in your heart listen to it, you know, record it on your phone, listen back to it, write it on index cards, do whatever you have to do for as long as it takes to get this stuff in your heart. It's so important and so powerful. But Paul wrote this letter to his friends in Rome, and I love that he wrote this and included this, because this means that the people in Rome were sometimes asking this question too. Does God love me, or am I separated from his love, or have I been cut off from his love for what I've done, or from what somebody else did to me, or whatever it might be? Uh, the people in Rome were, were struggling because that's why Paul wrote this. That's why he included this, you know? I want you to just imagine that somebody, a kid or, or a child you may have or a friend or somebody that you know wrote you a letter and were asking a bunch of questions and you wrote them a letter back in answer to those questions. And they, they included some things that they were struggling with. Well, that's what Paul did. He knew what the Roman church was struggling with. He'd heard, hey, this is what's going on in our lives. So he wrote Romans for that. He wasn't just writing the best chapter ever. He said, let me answer their questions. And so he knew they were wrestling with some doubt about whether God loved them or not because of some of the things that they were going through. And so Romans 8, 35, Paul asked this exact question. He says, who shall separate us 
from the love of Christ. And just to be clear, that word Christ refers to Jesus. Jesus Christ. Christ is in his last name. Christ means anointed one. And so this is like saying, who shall separate us from the love of Jesus, the anointed one? Well, I'm so glad you asked that, Paul, because I think I'm going to separate me from Jesus sometimes. And I think sometimes other people may just separate me from the love of Jesus sometimes. And, And I think Satan sometimes may just win. And sometimes I think circumstances, the past, the present, the future, I think Sometimes persecution, I I fear all these things might separate me from the love of Jesus. So Paul, I'm really glad that you brought that up. He says this, shall trouble or hardship? So will sickness separate you and I? Will will divorce, will kidney stones and wrenches hitting us in the head? Will, Will broken relationships, will anxiety separate us from the love of Jesus? Shall shall persecution right now in America getting made fun of? You know, it's getting a little bit more uncomfortable to be a Christian here. Is that going to separate us from the love of Christ? Is that going to cause God to withdraw his love? Or has he withdrawn his love? And that's why we're suffering a little bit more in America to follow Jesus. Or famine or nakedness. If we didn't have the resources that we're used to. If, if we didn't have food. If we couldn't clothe our kids. Would that mean God doesn't love us anymore? Or danger. If we went through some times of risk or or experiencing some difficulty in life, would that mean that we've been separated from God's love? Or sword, Paul, Paul says, or sword. And what does that mean? He's bringing up death, facing a violent death. Would that mean that God hasn't loved us anymore, doesn't want to know us anymore, doesn't want to continue to show us his love or his mercy? The incredible thing about the list that Paul just brought up is that Paul faced every single difficulty he's already mentioned, and one day he'd face the sword too. Christian tradition tells us 11 years after Paul wrote this letter to the Romans that he would be beheaded by Nero. And so Paul literally faced everything on this list. Whether you and I have or not, Paul understood what it was to suffer in every single way that he's brought up. And then he brought up Psalm 44:22. He quotes it. He says this in verse 36 of Romans 8. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. So Paul understands pain. And Paul understands hardship. And he understands asking this question of God. God, do you still love me? With all that I've been through, do you still love me? Has something separated me from your love? Are you finally sick of me? Are you finally tired of the decisions that i made and the choices that I've made and the dumb things that I've done in life? And the Romans receiving this letter understood suffering and persecution and hardship. And they were asking this question. Has something caused us to lose the love of Jesus? And then Paul answers the question in verse 37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. No, persecution doesn't mean Jesus doesn't love you anymore. No hardship or trouble or anxiety or divorce or sickness or brokenness or any of those things. They don't mean Jesus doesn't love you anymore. In fact, because we have the love of Jesus still in our lives, We can be more than conquerors through all those situations. Now, what does that phrase more than conqueror mean? In the Greek, it means this, that we are winning a most glorious victory. That's what that means. That's what Paul was trying to get the Romans to understand. That through all those things, because we have the love of Jesus in our lives, we can win a most glorious victory. Now, let's talk for a second about what this verse does not mean. It does not mean that I can become a professional athlete because I quote, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm so tired of athletes using that verse, right? 
Like if I quote Romans 8.37 every day for the rest of my life and I got in a ring with Mike Tyson, I would still lose. Okay? Quoting this verse does not mean I can win a boxing fight or a UFC fight. If you put me in a ring with Conor McGregor or, or Holly Holm for that matter, I will lose. I will get beaten in the ring, right? I get in there, I'd be in my corner going, I'm more than a conqueror, I'm more than a conqueror. And they just, one shot, and I'm done. Not a conqueror, okay? It's not what it means. doesn't mean you can do anything. You can climb any mountain, okay? It doesn't mean that. What it means is no matter what you go through, no matter how hard life is, because Jesus is with you, you can get through it. You can walk through in victory. And so you can walk through the broken relationship and you can walk through the financial situation. You can walk through the persecution and the hurt and the pain and be confident that Jesus still loves you and is completely in your corner. And then Paul goes on. He says, For I am convinced that death nor life won't separate me from Jesus. I love the way Tom Constable puts this. He says, He loves you on both sides of the grave. Loves you on both sides of the grave. So if you and I, here we are. We're alive today. God loves us unbelievably. And when we die, God will love us unbelievably. He loves us whether we're dead or we're alive. Neither angels nor demons can separate us from God's love. Some of us are worried about that, you know. It's like, man, I, I'm just human, man. I can make mistakes. I can do things that are wrong. I can mess up. And sometimes the devil and, and the forces that he puts at work in my life, the, the temptation seems so powerful and the, the condemnation seems so overwhelming and maybe he's just going to win. And Paul's here saying, no, no angel, no demon, nothing powerful, nothing like that can separate you from the love that Jesus has for you. Neither the present nor the future can separate you from the love of Jesus. So what you're going through today can't separate you from Jesus. Those hardships and those things that you're going through and you're wrestling with, they will not separate you from the love of God. But neither will the future. For those of us in the room who struggle with worrying, struggle with anxiety, who are struggling with those worst case scenarios, nothing that you go through will separate you from the love of God. Now let me just bring up something that's actually not in this exact verse. You know what Paul doesn't bring up in this exact verse, but it's still true? is that the past, your past does not separate you from the love of Jesus. I know that because although Paul doesn't bring it up here, it's all throughout the Bible. And I would say this is a big one for a lot of us. We think our past is going to separate us from the love of Jesus. We think that someday that thing we did is going to finally come to light and God's not going to want us anymore, not going to love us anymore. That's why at 30, almost 8 years old, I still beat myself up. I still think about those things and call myself a loser. But I got to tell you today, guys, I think God doesn't want me to do that anymore. I don't think he wants you to do that anymore. In fact, completely unrelated to this message. I wasn't even thinking about this message yesterday. And I said those words out loud to myself. And in my heart, I just instantly was convicted. I need to stop saying that. That you need to stop saying those things to yourself. You need to stop beating yourselves up. You need to stop bringing up those things that you did all those years ago. Because nothing can separate you from his love. Your past does not separate you from the love of Jesus Christ. In fact, David wrote this thousands of years ago in Psalm 103. says this, He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, that's immeasurable, right? So great is his love for those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, which is also immeasurable, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So God loves you immeasurably, and he's removed your sin 
immeasurably. Your past does not separate you from the love of Jesus. Next part says this, nor any powers. No powers separate you from the love of Jesus, which include the devil, which includes that friend that seems to lead you down those wrong paths, and listen, which includes you. No power can separate you from the love of Jesus, neither height nor depth. This is talking about heaven or hell or anything in either place can separate you from the love of Jesus in your life, nor anything else in all creation. I love that Paul wrote this because he knows me so well. He knows you so well. Here's what you and I would do when we walk out of here today. We go, okay, cool. Well, Paul said that the future and my present and tribulation, all these things can't separate me from the love of Christ. But do you know what every one of us would do? We would come up with the one thing he didn't mention on the list, right? And say, but maybe that still counts against me. Maybe that will still separate me from the love of Jesus. And so, man, man, when that ex-girlfriend, man, when she broke up with me and when my dog died and when my car broke, let's turn into a country song real quick. Uh, when, when all those things happened in my life, those still might sort of be that thing that could separate me from the love of Jesus. And Paul's saying, okay, I know Doug Jansen, man. I know in 2,000 years he's going to be bringing up this thing and that thing. So let me just make it clear that nothing in all creation can separate you from the love of Jesus Christ, which again includes you. You were created. You exist in creation. And you can't separate you from the love of Jesus Christ. That's what this verse here tells us. Nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because Jesus died on the cross for every one of us, we can rest securely. We can take a deep breath. We cannot go there in our minds. We can stop calling ourselves losers and jerks and idiots and other words that put ourselves down because of our performance, because it's all about Jesus' performance in our place. And nothing can separate us from the love that we have in Jesus. Not circumstances, not the present, the past, the future, not persecution, not trouble or hardship, not fear, not Satan himself, not anything in all creation. And today, I want you to walk out of here resting securely in that love. I want you to know beyond the shadow of a doubt and that it all comes down to this, that nothing can separate you from God's love. Nothing. And so there's no arguments to be had. The answer to the question, does God love me, is always yes. Always. But Doug, you don't know what I did last night. Yes, he loves you. But Doug, you don't know what I'm going through today. Yes, he loves you. But you don't know what I fear about going through in the future. But yes, he loves you. Yes, the answer is always yes. Are you separated or cut off from the love of God? Never, 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 never. Because of what Jesus has done for you. And so it's time to rest in that love. And it's time to never again count yourself out. Time to never again bring up an insulting word about your past because Jesus has washed that away. He separated your sin as far as the east is from the west. And so that thing you did in high school, that thing you did on spring break, that thing you did last week, the way you erupted at your family, that the way you weren't faithful to your spouse, the way whatever it might be, that thing has been separated from east to west. There's no measurement there. I can go that way as far as I possibly can. 
and never find the answer to how far is east is from the west. I could head from here to California and keep going. I'm never going to get an answer because that's how far God's removed your sin from you. And you and I feel like it's resting on our shoulders sometimes. But the love Jesus has for you is remove that. I mean, I, I think about my kids, and there are times where maybe one of them will do something, and an hour or two later, they're still upset about it. And Kelly and I just want things to be right. They're still carrying around that guilt or that weight on their shoulders, and we just want them to know, listen, just like God's removed our sin as far as the east is from the west, we are we would like to remove your sin as far as the east is from those. We want you to know it's okay and we love you. We want you to stop bringing it up. We want you to stop walking around like that weight is still on your shoulders. And that's God's heart for every one of us here today, to know that there's nothing that can separate us from God's love. So like I mentioned, I'm in the middle of this home renovation project and I'm working on uh, getting those windows in and I got the nail out of my foot now and I'm, I'm uh, talking with my dad on the phone standing out there getting ready to, to frame these windows in. And I had already put the two-by-fours in place, but I had to attach the plywood. And as I was talking with my dad, I was just going to kind of screw it all together. My dad said, you know what you should do, Doug? Before you go ahead and screw all that in place, I want you to caulk between where you're going to put the plywood and where you're going to put those two-by-fours. He said, put that together and then go ahead and really screw it down into place because then you'll be sure that, oh, if I could get that one screw in place, then you'll be sure that it's really going to stay together. You're going to be sure that that's in there. You're going to be sure that's solid. You're going to be sure that no matter what winds or weather comes and kinds of beat, kind of beats against you, your, your house there, you're going to be sure that no winds are going to get through. The caulking is going to suck that thing down in. The screws are going to make it secure and attached and connected. And I just, as I was thinking about this message, I'm thinking, man, that's exactly what we're talking about here today. That when the winds blow against our lives, when those storms come, when those times come, that we know we're secure. We are connected. We have been adhered to our Savior's love and nothing can separate us. Like nothing can separate this. Like this is now attached and those winds can blow and those storms can come, but nothing will separate those things because they've been securely attached. You and I are securely attached to our incredible Savior, God. Some of you might remember the name Ted Kaczynski. He was a serial killer back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And for almost 20 years, he terrorized our nation. He was nicknamed the Unabomber, and he would send bombs through the mail. He would drop bombs at different locations. And terrible man, 23 people were injured. Another three were killed because of what he did. The crazy thing about his story is his mother. You would think most moms would want nothing to do with their son after they'd done things like this. But this woman just wouldn't give up on her son. She would go into the courtroom hearings and he wouldn't even look at her. In one of his testimonies, he actually tore her apart, said she was a terrible person. She just wouldn't stop coming. Eventually, when Ted was convicted, she would write him monthly letters, wouldn't give up, wouldn't give up on her son. And eventually, she shared with a reporter one of the things that she wrote. She, this is what she said. She said, I want you to know, Ted, that when a child is born, the parents give them the gift of unconditional love for a lifetime. This is true of you. No matter what happens, my love for you will be there for a lifetime. Love, mother. Now, none of us in this room have probably done what Ted Kaczynski has done. But here's a little tiny glimpse of God's love for us. A mother looking at her natural child and saying, I love you. 
You've done horrific things. You've done terrible things, things I'm ashamed of, things I can't believe. But I want you to know that I have given you the gift of unconditional love for a lifetime. And you know what? Here we are. None of us have maybe done what Ted Kaczynski's done, but we've done some bad things. And sometimes we look at our perfect God, not an imperfect mother or father, but our perfect God, and we think of me anymore. Or maybe because of what I'm going through, this is evidence that he's withdrawn his love from my life. And I just want you to know today that there's nothing that can separate you from God's love. That you can rest securely in that. That the horrific things you've done, the things you still beat yourself up about, or the things done to you, those things don't separate you from the incredible love that God has for every single one of us. And so we got to stop going to those places in our mind, be it about our past, our present, or our future. we got to stop ruling ourselves out from a relationship with Jesus. He pursues us, and he loves us, and he longs for us to walk closely with him. And the incredible thing is, when you and I base our lives on the love of God, it impacts everything else. It impacts our marriage. It impacts our kids. It impacts our work environments. It's incredible. When you and I rest securely in God's love, it changes everything else. And God's heart for you is to rest in him, to be secure in him, is to never doubt his love for you, is to never question if he's withdrawn or cut you off from his love. No matter what you go through, and no matter what happens, you can know that nothing can separate you from God's love. Let's pray. Jesus, we are so grateful to you. We're so incredibly thankful that nothing has the power to remove us from being recipients of your unbelievable, unconditional love. I just pray, God, you'll help us rest in this today. I pray, God, that we won't look at circumstances in our lives that are painful and think, man, this must mean God doesn't love me anymore. I pray we won't look at our own performance and think, there's no way God could love me. I pray we won't look at those lies the enemy loves to shove in our face and remind us of things from our past and, and get us to rule ourselves out of this relationship with you. I pray, God, that we won't fear the devil or any power or any person or even ourself, that, God, we would just rest securely in your love. I pray that our response to this love would be to run to you, God. I pray for anybody in this room that's just been running from you and, and been trying to get as far away from you as they can because they feel ashamed or they feel that they have lost that relationship with you because of one thing or another. I pray for somebody in the room today that's, that's maybe been abused and, and just feels incredible shame over it. And I just pray for him or her today, God, that you would remind them, Lord, of your incredible love. And your heart is not to condemn them for what they've been through, but it's to heal and to bring wholeness. If you're a follower of Jesus, can you just take a second and just bring those areas of your life to God that maybe you tend to feel rule you out or tend to separate you from his love? What are those things that you cringe at? What are those things that you call yourself names about? Or what are those hardships you're going through and you just feel like, I, I, can't, I can't make sense of this, how God can love me and yet still allow me to go through this? Would you, would you bring those things to him now? Would you rest in his secure love for you? Maybe some of you just need to pray and 
just a, a real honest prayer. God, I know theologically you love me, but I pray experientially I will see that you love me. Give me up-to-date encounters with you that prove your love to me. Please, God. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I would love for you to put your trust in him today. He desires that you know and live in his unconditional, amazing, undeserved love. And so if you want to put your trust in him today, you can pray something silently like this. Jesus, thank you for wanting me. Thank you for desiring a relationship with me. Thank you for dying on the cross in my place and removing my sin as far as the east is from the west. And I respond to your love that is higher than the heavens are above the earth. Thank you for this gift of salvation that I could never earn myself. 